Everything's looking pretty good this morning. We got stock futures up, earnings are working. Will crypto spoil the party? That's what I want to ask Mr. Jeff Kleintop, joining us, Chief Global Investment Strategist Charles Schwab. You got crypto on your mind this morning, Mr. K. I do a little bit. Look, I know the, the PPI number is certainly what the market's focused on this morning, and justifiably, as it means central banks might be stepping down their pace of rate hikes. But, you know, I think this notion that spillovers from crypto to the broader market, not something that the market's focused on today, but certainly poses some risks. But I think the, the idea is that it's it's backwards, I think. I think crypto markets have proven to be liquidity reservoirs. Their role is to soak up liquidity when the economy and traditional markets have too much money sloshing around, and then they release it when there's not enough. And when there isn't enough liquidity to go around, the crypto market crashes. So the crypto blowups, I think, are really just a lag response of the aggressive liquidity drain imposed by central banks for a year now. It's an effect and not a cause. I love that point, uh, uh, Jeff, because the idea here that what causes crypto to go down might be just the same forces that cause a lot of certain stocks to go down, kind of makes it hard to sort of separate the cause and effect, but it's an important delineation to make. So if we do get a little bit of change in tone on the inflation front, even if that liquidity pool doesn't suddenly widen out, but if it stops shrinking, what should then happen uh, to crypto? Does it go back up or does it stay the same because there's not more coming into the pool? <laughs> It might begin to stabilize uh, because uh, the, the liquidity pool might begin to stabilize, right? Maybe it doesn't rebound because we're not going to see a pivot to rate cuts. But the idea that we might see a step down to a pause um, late this year or early next year by many of the world's major central banks might suggest maybe a pause in the in the crash in the crypto universe. And we've already started to see this. The Fed's already appeared to signal a slowdown in the pace of rate hikes from 75 to 50 basis points in December. The Bank of Canada stepped down from 75 to 50 already in late October. Norway's central bank went down from 50 to 25, as did the Reserve Bank of Australia. And the central bank of one of the largest emerging market economies, Brazil, uh, is on pause. And so is Poland, which is the biggest emerging market central bank in Europe. They both uh, left rates unchanged at their last meeting. So I think we are starting to see this shift from uh, aggressive rate hikes to something more moderate, uh, maybe heading towards a pause later this year. I think the market's probably already priced in this Santa pause rally. Uh, here ahead of Thanksgiving. The uh, uh, way to kind of think about this, that the Fed has been uh, to some degree the leader, but not the only one acting, uh, is well reflected in a table you've got, central bank rates and prices. This is a pretty cool uh, design, basically. Yeah. Folks can see it in your, uh, in your writing on, uh, uh, the, the, on your website. Basically, the um, last month, you can kind of see things have kind of tapered off a little bit, right? We're, it wouldn't be unreasonable for us to kind of follow the rest of the world's lead uh, somewhat and uh, slowing down the aggression. Well, and, and that seems to be indicated by the inflation numbers again today. So the chart shows the pace of rate hikes for major central banks. Notice that the bars, which are built up of 25 basis point blocks, are getting smaller as the rate hikes are moderating. Up there at the top is Brazil. They've come down dramatically from where they were earlier this year. The shaded column for December reflects the current market-based forecast, and blank columns are just months without scheduled central bank meetings. But you can see they are starting to come down, and you know the market just tends to respond to these 
inflection points rather than when we get to the pause. So already they're beginning to price in the likelihood of a pause here in the coming months. Okay. Now, as this happens, what should we expect for some of the uh, leading economic indicators? Is there going to be a quick bounce back? Because all this stuff globally just went negative, basically. Um, and does this really turn that around? Like, what's the... Uh, what's the transmission mechanism between dropping from 75 to 50 by the Fed and suddenly all our leading indicators uh, going back vertical? Yeah, well, un unlikely, right? There's a, there's a lag there, as you just talked about. It's, sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's nine months, could even be longer. We are we are starting to just now see the beginning of a global recession. In the third quarter, global economic growth was better than expected for many major countries around the world. But I think during the third quarter, we finally began to enter a global recession. You know, I look at indicators like the, the global leading indicator from the OECD, this big global economic think tank, and whenever that indicator, their LEI, which accounts for 40 countries around the world, accounting for 90% of GDP, whenever that drops below 99, that tends to signal the start of a recession. It's it's never failed uh, to signal this in the past. So I think that's another one. Another one I look at is the PMI, and that's uh, the Global Purchasing Managers Index. That slipped below 50, that threshold between expansion and recession during the third quarter. Uh, that, again, is a very broad measure of global economic activity. So I, I think we are starting to see the recession only having just started, but that doesn't mean stocks have to keep going down. We have noted in the past that stocks tend to bottom very early in a recession. Uh, they actually tend to rally through most of it. So while economically we might still be facing several quarters of weak growth uh, and, and, and even further weakness in the job market, that doesn't mean stocks have to continue to head lower. Hmm. So well, there's a lot still to be desired here. We need to see the outcome of uh, potentially some slowing. First, we got to get the Fed to actually confirm that they're going to change their path. Then we want to see right. the response. Um, right now, the employment situation has been uh, pampered with a lot of tech layoffs in particular. Um, how do we uh, uh, assess maybe what the trajectory uh, for that is going to be uh, based on some of this Fed pivot? I mean, are these the type of jobs that they've been looking to maybe, you know, kind of crack open a little bit? Or are they going to have to keep mining deeper? I mean, does any of this stuff really matter if they don't get the employment change that they're looking for? Yeah, it, obviously, the, the Fed and other central banks are looking to cool the very tight global labor market. And it's not just tech jobs. It's, it's broadly speaking. Uh, I, I think next we could start to see jobs weaken. Jobs cost money and corporate cash flow is starting to slow down here, which points to job losses, at least in Europe. I put together a chart here. Uh, the orange line uh, is the growth in cash flow dropping below 5%. Whenever it does that, you can see here, it tends to lead job losses by about nine months. We're already in negative territory here where we should begin to see some job losses globally. This is a resilient labor market, but we might be starting to see that here in the coming months. And that's just simple economics, right? If you don't have the cash flow, you're unlikely to do the hiring and you may be subject to, to further layoffs. So I think we'll hear more of that maybe after the holiday season by businesses. But uh, I think that's what the Fed will be looking for as they come to pause maybe sometime in the first quarter. Okay. Uh, the wild card in all of this uh, global comeback, Jeff, seemingly uh, China still probably. Last week we had a big rally on some of the potential for easing of travel restrictions. How are you tracking this? Uh, should we include this as part of our bull case for markets overall, or is China reopening an inflation case and not necessarily a bull case? 
Yeah, I'm a little worried about it. There are signs that Chinese authorities are making preparations for, for reopening. Chinese stocks are up 21% since the start of the month, and that just crushes any other market. Really, a lot of enthusiasm about this reopening, and there are good reasons for that. I mean, China is the second largest economy in the world. Seeing that demand come back could be very good for earnings. The downside is that we know there's a lot of pent-up demand in China, and this could come right at the time central banks are looking to pause. The, the challenge is that, you know, Chinese economic growth might have been depressed by four or even five percentage points over the course of the last year because of those COVID lockdowns. If, say, sometime early next year, you know, I've got the uh, we've got the the the, uh, the Shanghai F Formula One Grand Prix booked uh, for uh, April. There are a number of other events coming on the calendar that China is allowing to take place, suggesting maybe a March or an April reopening just after the end of winter. If that's the case, an enormous snapback in demand by Chinese consumers consumers could boost prices for commodities and goods just at the time where central banks were looking to pause. So I think it is a risk to this inflation picture and the confidence the market's increasingly displaying that there will be a pause in rate hikes early next year. That risk is if we do see a very strong push to inflation once again, a second wave of inflation from that uh, reopening in China. All right, great stuff. Uh, Jeff, as always, wonderful charts for us to uh, uh, have some explanation for some of the optimism here. Maybe a little bit of a catch, a nuance to the China reopening that we need to keep track of. And of course, we've got to wait to see the actual PMIs and economic figures bounce back, but it seems like the table is set here. Uh, even if there is um, no new liquidity coming in, the pool not shrinking uh, at this moment, perhaps at the same rate as it was. So a lot of caveats, but still some optimistic stuff. Appreciate it, Mr. Kleinsop. Thanks for having me on, Oliver. Sure thing. Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab.